Hi, and welcome to Hack the Net, where every week we delve into the darkest recesses of the internet to find something interesting or even comprehensible. I'm Matt Heron. I'm Jeff. I'm Louisa Heron. I'm anonymous now. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing, like, a robot thing, because you were like, I'm Jeff. Nope, that's just what my voice sounds like, Matt. Okay, you are a broken robot in real life? Yeah, I'm J.J. Abrams Production Studio. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, you're the whole studio? (laughs) Yep, broken robot. Oh, Oh, that's why those movies take forever. (laughs) Jeff has to do all of them by hand. Uh, And he's broken. Because it's bad. Yeah, by hand. Only one of his hands works. The other one just sort of jangles around sadly. Wait, is is bad robot J.J. Abrams? Yeah. I thought that was something to do with Joss Whedon, because it was on all of the Buffy the Vampire Slayers. No, Are that, they- you're, you're, conflating, uh, you're conflating it with, God, what is the Joss Whedon one? Monster something? Oh yeah, it's a zombie. Giant monster? <laughs> I forget. It's definitely not giant monster. Monster factory. <laughs> yeah, yeah monster factory. probably monster factory. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <sighs> Mutant enemy. Wow, that's a bad name. <laughs> I mean, they're both pretty it, bad names. It- does it has the cadence and rhymes with Monster Factory though? So <laughs> we were close. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> are there any good production company names though? I don't think there are. I feel like DreamWorks is actually an extremely good name for a company. <sighs> no, that's no, good, but that's never used as the, like the um, the production. There's always several, right? Like yeah, that was never just the only one. I want like the per- like not a studio, but like. This producer has this logo on everything he's a producer on for some weird right. legal reason. Yeah, but those always suck because they are named by one producer who has had the last 15 years of their life defined by people telling them that they're a genius. And so they think anything they come up with must be good first draft every time. But what I'm saying is, are there any of those that are good? Yeah, Gracie Films. Why is that good? Because uh, it sounds normal. And because it goes, Jeff, you are obstinately not getting the question Louise is asking. <laughs> no, I don't mind it. I, re- I recognize that song. I yeah, also exactly. Feel that. <laughs> what but about like, Amblin? But- Do we like Amblin or is that terrible? Mm, uh, I don't like that the logo is just a screenshot of E.T. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like Steven Spielberg has been riding on, like, two successes for the last 35 years, and it's making me very annoyed. I feel like he's been riding on my frickin' dick all this time, like, uh, back off, him. man. Yeah. Wait, is that a definitely. good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> no, it's bad. It's like he's being oh. an overbearing boss. Oh, I see. I thought you meant literally riding on your dick, which, yeah, if yeah. that's what you're into, that's fine. <laughs> the thing the thing that regular men say in the real world, all of the things they say are extremely homoerotic. <laughs> yes, because all men are gay. There, I said <laughs> Oh, it. wow. Okay. Strong yep. stance Matt's taking. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, prove to me that there's a straight man. Go ahead. It sounds like the opening line for a porno. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of those pornos with a really airtight plot. Is it a straight porno or a gay porno? It's a gay porno because the plot of like 90% of those seem to be this guy's straight, except, and then we filmed it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I guess so. That makes me think of that joke from What We Do in the Shadows, the TV series where he made pornos, and they were like, they're all called like, Confused Man in a Steam Room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Uh, the trouble in the production logos is some of them I remember, like lightning striking the tree, and then I don't remember what the name of that company is, so it's not very successful. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wonderbat. What is the lightning striking the tree <laughs> Yeah, <one>? Wonderbat Entertainment. <laughs> Wonderbat Entertainment. That's the one. <laughs> and there's one with, like, a lighthouse? Is that- yep, Lighthouse Entertainment. <laughs> Thanks. No, that's true. It is Lighthouse Entertainment. What is that one? <laughs> I googled Lightning Striking the Tree Studio as if that would help. <laughs> did, it, did it, though? No, it production did it? production company is the word I was looking for. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the Jeremy Bruckheimer one from Touchstone Pictures. Touchstone. Touchstone. Okay. That's, not th- that's none of the things in the picture. It's a tree and a lightning. No stones are involved in this. Uh, I don't, I don't think it's the Touchstone... Yeah, it's not the Touchstone Pictures logo. It's specifically, like, for Jerry Bruckheimer films. Hmm. What? Just what call the fucking thing Lightning Strike or whatever. one. I have to look it up myself now, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you have to... I already Googled for Touchstone Pictures and Yeah, Jeff Jerry. used up as one Google Well, I guess day. he did, because he did not answer me when I was looking at the Lighthouse one. Oh, man, do you think our lives would be way better if you could only Google one thing a day? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would know so much less things, and my life would be so much better for it. I also feel like... Okay, this is a genuine policy proposal for when I run for mayor. Everyone in town gets to Google one thing a day and only gets to post one social media thing a day. And everyone has to share the same computer with a 56k modem and it's in City Hall. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. This is a a great idea. Why? Why why is this bad? Um, I don't... I can't pick my favorite thing every day. Mm, It doesn't have to be your favorite. It's the thing you need to know the most. Wait, no, you're talking about two different things. (laughs) Luis is talking about the social media thing, and, oh, okay. and Jeff's talking about the Google thing. Oh no, but I'm okay. saying I'm saying that I'm going to uh, Google uh, something about kids these days and post on social media the directions to Dairy Queen. Okay, <laughs> I've gotten my two things mixed up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you could Google something today, and then that could be the thing you post tomorrow. Problem solved. I'll gladly pay you Tuesday for a Google today. <laughs> People have to go back to keeping their thoughts in little notebooks to write them yeah. down. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I, I need to write down that I need to Google this tomorrow, yeah. you say. I have considered going back to a flip phone and a notebook. Oh, no, no. But I don't, I don't want to... Yeah, the only, the only thing stopping me is the stigma of being one of those guys who does that. Yeah. <laughs> the reason it's a stigma is because those guys suck. <laughs> Those guys are terrible, Jeff. You don't want to be that guy. I've been. You'll be I, that guy, Jeff. I have been considering phones that are like. What I want is a phone. What I want is I want to hug and kiss you. What? A big button that calls your parents. And yeah, I want to. Nine one one. I want to get your phone shaped like Goofy's head. <laughs> uh, no, I like the um. I I want like a flip phone, but it runs Android, so I can still have like a music app and Google Maps. But like sending text messages and posting tweets would be very difficult to do. Why? Just uninstall Twitter from your phone. <laughs> it is. It's not on my phone. I don't have well, the app. Okay, then what? Why I still do you have need- Google Chrome? <laughs> Hold on, if you turn off all autocompletes and swipe text and everything, then it would be as hard to type in on a little keyboard on your no, smartphone. No, not the, 
No, 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 no. The flip oh, phones are the ones that are like back to the number nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I want it to have just like a, a number pad, and then Ooh, does someone make an app for that? Because they might. Huh? Maybe. That would be a cool mod, actually. Yeah. <laughs> just like remove all keyboards from your Android phone. The other reason why I would why I would want this bad feature is because. I want the battery on my phone to just last for a week. Like, I just want it to last as long as possible. I don't need it to be able to play Grand Theft Auto Vice City. I need it to last, the battery to last as long as possible. Why? Yeah, I also like a long battery life, but as long as possible, I don't really need that. I'm going to plug it in every night at least. I always go for, like, just just in case, you know? No. No. <laughs> No? Okay. Well. Just do the opposite. Get It's just by yourself on one of those solar-powered calculators, <laughs> and then use that most of the time, and then oh, Jeff have a texted, phone for emergencies. Jeff texted boobs again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, he said boob less to me, burn. Oh, no! <laughs> oh, got him. <laughs> Dumb. I wonder how long it'll be till someone creates a solar-powered cell phone. I mean, like, it's gonna happen, right? Is there not one already? Because there might be. I, I mean, know. there are definitely, like, solar panels you can put on your backpack or whatever that charges a battery you can charge your phone off of. Yeah. But I've never seen one that's just like, if it's in the light, it works. Yes, I mean, but then it'll get hot, and it won't like that one bit. Yeah, well, phones hate being hot. Yeah. Wait, they, wait, they, they hold on. They pull a frowny face on the screen, they hate it mm-hmm. so much. Is your solar-powered calculator getting very hot? Because you should throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a very dumb and bad prank phone call. <laughs> <laughs> the other person would just be like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. hang up. I said what I said. <laughs> yeah, you stay and argue this time. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I said those things, okay? <laughs> I, I have to live with it. Yeah. <clears throat> Gosh. Louisa, what did you do this week? Um, not much, as always. I did watch some uh, teen movies. Ooh, what teen movies like movies for teens or movies about teens? Both movies I guess? by teens. <laughs> movies for teens by teens starring mm, teens. This is our story yeah. and we're gonna tell it our way. No parents <laughs> allowed. Was this a Burger King's Kids Club t- movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shades was there. Or was it all, fucking whatever yeah. any of their teams we- like we- the Wheels? Shit. Was it was it all about how mad you were that your parents thought that Applejack should taste like apples? <laughs> they do kind of taste like apples. They don't. They they like don't. We had this argument before. They yes. have apple in the ingredients list. They don't. <laughs> they don't. They just have cinnamon. Yes, it's just a cinnamon. What is the? Isn't there a term for that in psychology when, like, you associate two things so much that when you experience one of them, you assume you're experiencing the other one too? Nope, they have dried apples. No. Yes, and apple juice concentrate. They had a whole commercial campaign in the '90s about how it didn't have apples in it, and that was fine, actually. No, just that it doesn't taste like apples. (laughs) I don't get it. But you're saying now I'm the grown up that doesn't get it. Yeah. But Jeff's saying it does taste like apples. I think it tastes a little like apples. I never understood those commercials as a kid. And especially because I was one of those weirdos who would read the box, I looked in the ingredients and was like, this has apples in it. Hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, I know what you mean, Matt, though. I don't know the name. Like, if something has nutmeg in it, it would be like eggnog flavor. It's not eggnog flavor. It just has some right. nutmeg. I like mean, pumpkin the- spice is the ultimate thing. There's yes. so many people who are like, Ugh, I don't want pumpkin in my thing. Like, yeah, it, there's no pumpkin in it, dipshit. It's pumpkin <laughs> spice. That just means it's cinnamon and this shit. This is what you there's use no- to spice your pumpkin. Yeah. If yeah, you know what I, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really I mean. I'm holding my hand out for a high five. Are you gonna high five? Is this, is uh-huh. this, are we still writing the script of a gay porno? <laughs> uh, that really spices my pumpkin. <laughs> oh, hey, I'm here to spice your pumpkin, bro. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. totally straight, but I am curious. <laughs> no, I. Why I, these seasonal uh, pornos <laughs> that are so popular nowadays? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, Blumpkin, Blumpkin Spice Latte. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. No, okay, moving on. What were we talking about? Uh, nutmeg, eggnog? Uh, I, I, I prefer something that is pumpkin pie flavored that has the oh, pumpkin yeah. pie spice and the pumpkin flavor in there. With a little bit of, like, graham cracker flavor. I'll tell you what. Trader Joe's sells a pumpkin spice tea, a chai tea, and they're like, hey, with actual pumpkin in it, don't worry, it's not fake like other places. And I was like, I guess I'll try it, and it's the fucking pits, dried, <laughs> reconstituted, mushy pumpkin in your drink. What are you doing, Trader Joe's? Yeah, I love it. I need it. <laughs> I just don't understand, like, those spices are in so many baked goods, and I don't know why anyone was ever like, yeah, pumpkin spice, like... The, the the spice blend we're using is the one that you know from your favorite, most common food you've ever eaten, pumpkin pie. Yep. What? No! Just call it, like, baking spices. It, like, literally we have a kind of cookie called a spice cookie that is flavored with those spices. God, I would, yeah, I, would, I would just love to go to Starbucks and order, please give me a baking spices latte. <laughs> yeah! yeah! Oh, because... Because before they invented the PSL, uh, the idea of going into any store and being like, give me a pumpkin spice latte made so much sense. What's interesting is all those spices, ginger, cloves, cinnamon, those are the primary ones. There can be others, mm-hmm. nutmeg especially, are the ones that they used in fucking everything in mm-hmm. uh, medieval Europe. So you couldn't taste how rotten your food was? <laughs> Partially. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how the meat was. Uh, you know what? The winter. This is a cultural difference. You're willing to, you want to rename it to just, like, spice. Genera spice because you're used to brown sauce and salad cream. Yeah, <laughs> things just no, having a very generic name. If you try to use medieval spices to make like a beef roast, you you taste a bite of it and you're like, ah, this tastes like Christmas cookies. <laughs> like it doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. I, I don't yeah. like cinnamon in savory dishes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. Chinese five spice is pretty good. Oh, I don't like that anise in there. No, thank you. It's so good on, like, short ribs. Mm. Mm. No. It's real good. Too much <laughs> anise taste in there. No. Stop it. Jeff. <laughs> You're better than this. <laughs> Look, if... if uh, wait, are you still writing this gay porno? If this, so. if this plant didn't look like a little brown butthole... <laughs> oh, Jeff. Come on. You're better than this, for sure. I'm definitely not. <laughs> You're just going lower and lower. Yeah. Uh-huh, how low can we go? <laughs> what were we talking about? Pumpkin spice? Pumpkin I don't know. I did. It is September yeah. 1st. Louise so. ate a whole pumpkin pie today. <laughs> uh, fall is top of mind, because we're recording this September 1st. 
But uh, so I was watching teen comedies. <clears throat> oh, right. Oh, Jesus. I'm amazed you remembered that so fast. I watched She's All That the other day, but I watched Can't Hardly Wait last week. And okay. then uh, last night I put in teen comedies into Comcast and it recommended, how about if you want to watch Moonstruck? So I did. It doesn't even have any teens in it, but it's a very good movie. Is so. the one with Bruce Willis? No, you're That's thinking of Moonlighting, moonlighting. the TV uh, show okay. with Sybil Shepard. No, I've already talked about Moonstruck on this very podcast, so I won't talk about it again. But okay. Nick Cage and Cher. Yes. Uh, well... So that mm-hmm. one is an outlier. I just mentioned it because I did watch it, but obviously that's not a teen comedy, no matter what Comcast tells me. Uh, yeah. The other ones, it's nice that the stakes are so low, though. You know? Yeah. yeah. In a teen comedy, no one's gonna die. What about that scene in, what, is it She's All That, where Usher teaches everyone how to do a dance for the senior prom? Yes. <laughs> that that makes me movie. so furious. <laughs> that the stakes for that couldn't be higher in my mind. <laughs> The teen teen movies come in two varieties: extremely low stakes, like I would enjoy to go to prom without getting pig's blood dumped on me, mm-hmm. or extremely Wait. or ex- Wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. extremely high stakes. Do get pig blood dumped on me, or extremely Wait. high stakes. Wait. Wait. No, Wait. let me say the you other can't. category. No, Jeff, you can't do this. You can't. I, I have to hear, stop. No, you. I want to hear Jeff's other category. No, yes. I need to ask a question of you, Jeff first. I'll, I'm taking questions at the end. Thank okay. you very much. My hand is waving in the air. <laughs> okay, cool. I will. I will call on you after. The other okay. category is it's the apocalypse and there's fascism and the world will end if these two uh, teenagers don't kiss right or whatever. Oh, you're talking about the like Hunger Games stuff. Yeah, like stuff. a okay. like a YA sci-fi action drama. Oh, Matt from the New York Times. Yes, yes. Was your example of a quote-unquote low-stakes teen comedy Carrie, <laughs> where she has psychic powers and murders a room full of people? No, no. Uh, what I'm saying is, every teenager has seen Carrie and been like, I would prefer I would prefer not to be bullied in the way Carrie was, and that is just the background. Is this the comedy. subtext you bring to every teen movie you watch? It's like, the- mm, I bet all these characters have watched Carrie and are hoping that doesn't happen to them. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what ended uh-huh. bullying. Everyone's like, I would hate for that to happen to me. I won't do that to anyone else. Oh, exactly. That's why nobody gets slashered at summer camp anymore, because we all saw Friday the 13th and we're like, gosh, no thank you. And all the slashers that saw it were like, oh man, look how bad this ends for him. I guess I yeah. shouldn't. He becomes an immortal space traveler. Look how bad it ends for him. I mean, he you're just slimy and gross, though, and he gets dissolved in, like, every movie. Yes. Yeah. And, Jeff, the alternative uh, theory that you were proposing was that we all, as a society, watch slasher movies, and we're like, hmm, well, it's clear that the teens were the ones that could have prevented this somehow, so we'll all do whatever we learned not to do from these movies. Of course they could have prevented it by not having premarital sex or drinking. Exactly. Mm, but mm-hmm. some of them still <laughs> get killed before. That's because they swore or took drugs, though. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're being but, punished by the fig- the God's right hand of vengeance, Jason mm-hmm. Voorhees. Yeah. I no, mean, that's Jesus, where the- is, Jesus is God's right hand. Jason Voorhees is God's left hand. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Actually. Michael Myers is his foul third hand that he keeps <laughs> under a sheet. <laughs> God, what's he doing under that sheet? <laughs> Killing teens. Oh no. Oh man. Oh, 
So, unlike slasher movies, I like the low stakes in a teen comedy. That's yeah. probably my favorite thing. I like, obviously, the lead is going to get the one they're pining after, whoever that is, and there's going to be maybe a musical number or maybe a dance. Uh, they're going to kiss at the end, and that's nice. Uh, have you seen any recent ones in this genre? Because I think that the, the, some of the recent ones are quite good. I did. The, mo- the most recent one that I have watched recently was Easy A. And I was uh, kind of disappointed in that because uh, Emma Stone is the star and she's supposed to be kind of weird. That's not touched on, which is probably good because she's beautiful. She wears nice clothes. She has beautiful hair. She wears high heels in every scene and her family is rich. So there's fucking no reason why she's the weirdo in this school. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But in that one, she gets attention and decides that she likes it when people think that she's sleeping with a lot of people, even though she hasn't slept with anybody. Yeah. And then the lesson she learns is that she feels gross about people thinking that she slept with everybody, which I didn't want that to be the lesson, I guess. I guess I'm judging a more modern teen movie more harshly than one from the past, because the 80s ones all have terrible messages, and I'm not yeah. judging any of those, so... I actually was thinking even more recent than that. That movie came out a decade ago. I know, but that's uh, the most recent one I've seen. Really? So you didn't see, like, uh, Booksmart or Cockblockers no. or any of these, like, super modern Cock ones? Cockblockers can't... Wait, hold on. <laughs> Cockblockers isn't a teen movie, is it? Is it? Doesn't it star John Cena, who's, like, 45? It's John Cena as a dad of a teenager who he doesn't want to have sex at prom. So uh-huh. all of the parents... Uh, are, like, following their kids to make sure they don't have sex at prom. There, Jeff, the there has never been a teen comedy movie that focused on the parents. It is like 50-50 <laughs> like parents and kids. <clears throat> you can't have that. That's a movie for us. That's not a movie for teens. Mm, maybe. Uh, Booksmart is definitely a teen movie, though. But isn't that I've one of the ones that people have talked about where it's, like, dealing with real teen issues and, like, super cringy? Because I don't want to see that. Yeah, uh, just like how we were all dealing with the real teen issues of being shoved into a locker by uh, a Charlie <laughs> Sheen when we were teens. <laughs> That's my point. I don't want it to be realistic. I want it to be no, fake. It's, it's not real. It's. I think you're conflating it with eighth grade because they had similar Maybe. marketing materials, but this one is basically girl super bad. Yeah, it's okay. two girls who spent their whole time getting extremely good grades and then realize, uh-oh, we never did anything fun. Okay. I mean, that's fine. It sounds like maybe I would like it. I don't know, but I haven't seen yeah. it. Or heard of that, uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's Olivia Wilde's directorial debut, which is <laughs> pretty weird, because that was not part of, like, a marketing push with it. They're just like, yeah, you know, it's a normal comedy. Yeah, the only thing I ever saw in the commercials was John Cena. <laughs> God damn <laughs> it. Yeah, he just comes in and kills one of the girls halfway through. <laughs> Uh, he plays a John Travolta role from uh, Carrie. <laughs> I'm genuinely pretty surprised by the fact that they put John Cena in so many of the commercials for Cockblockers because he is so uncompelling to look at. But people like, like him for some reason, so I guess he's a selling point? He has one of those faces where as soon as you look at him, you're like, I don't want to hear anything this guy has to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I've... I've seen him, like, speak on serious things, like do PSAs or whatever, 
He seems like mm-hmm. a pretty nice guy. Uh, no. I do not think that he is a particularly interesting actor at all. He's done. <laughs> he's he has appeared a few times now on uh, Last Week Tonight, which I think is a genuinely funny show written by very good writers. And he's been delivering clearly scripted lines that were written and are funny, and yet he is completely incapable of breathing life into them whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's really weird that he was the most popular wrestler for a while, since you kind of have to have, like, an outsized personality. But then again, his gimmick was he wore a baseball cap and jorts. Yeah, it's almost like he was designed to appeal to white supremacists. (laughs) Exactly, I was gonna say, the rise of that, when you couldn't have ethnically ambiguous people like The Rock be the star anymore. Mm -hmm. You had to be too worried about white genocide in the wrestling (laughs) ring, I guess. (laughs) Oh, man. I would absolutely love for a wrestler to be named White Genocide. (laughs) (laughs) Only if it's like... Only if they're okay. No, I know. Their point of view has to be. No, we can. Yes, absolutely. But we cannot speculate any further on the identities of of the team or individual wrestlers. I had thoughts on the person that would need to be this person, but I decided they were too not good. And so instead, all I have to say is they have to go into the ring being like, this is what I want is white genocide. What do we want? White genocide. When do we want it? Now. At, at the Super Slam or whatever the fuck it's called. Can you imagine? No one would have any idea who they're supposed to cheer for or against. <laughs> I mean, he would be one of those villain ones, like that guy who, like, raises the dead or whatever. Yeah, but if you were there at whatever arena, you'd be oh, like, yeah, this I would be guy- cheering for white genocide. Yeah, this guy's sure. making some good points. This is the problem. Ugh. When he's like, oh, down man. with America, you're like, yeah, down with America, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he'd definitely be a heel, of course, <laughs> which is a are, shame. Are we all exactly the people that Tucker Carlson is warning against? The yeah, people for sure. who are taught to hate America? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, okay, that's a great thing to aspire to, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. We're getting to the point where every time I see a panic in the news or, like, being passed around conservative memes, I'm like... Yeah, all that's accurate. It's yeah. true about that is how I feel. You're right. And yeah. you should be afraid of me. I mean, it always is surprising how often those panics go around. And when you read the headline without knowing where it's from, you're like, wow, this good thing is happening. And then you open it and you're like, oh, no. Ah, damn it, Joe- just telling its listeners that that would happen if Joe Biden gets elected. Joe Biden's not a communist. Damn it. <laughs> We're getting universal oh, healthcare? Fuck it. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, uh, I just... Anyway. Oh. When I was looking at teen comedies, I remembered one that I saw in the theater that I don't think anyone in the world remembers exists called The Duff. Oh, yeah, nope, with that, that egg from uh, Rescue yeah. Development. Yeah, it's got Mae Whitman, who is my age. This movie came out five years ago, and she played a <laughs> junior in high school. Well, I was going to say earlier... Emma Stone starring in a teen comedy when she was in her late 20s, early 30s. This was a while ago, though. I don't actually know how old she was at the time. I would uh, bet. The Duff, the Duff was five years ago, so she was 27. Um, anyway, that movie was pretty good. The love interest is uh, Firestorm off uh, The Flash season one. I don't remember that guy. Oh, okay. Oh, I, I do remember that guy. He was like face. a nothing. Man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he's he's Arrow's cousin. Oh, God. Robbie Amell. 
uh, what I hated about that movie is the title, like, they cast a normal to good looking woman as the title character who is the designated ugly fat friend. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's exactly Hollywood the standard. thing Louisa was just saying. <laughs> I hated it. Yeah, it's very bad. Um, Emma Stone was 21 when she made that high school movie. <laughs> yeah, that's reasonable. Yeah, it's no, 10, it's 10 years ago. Stop it. <laughs> Everyone stop. 21 is three years out of high school. That's fine. No, listen, when you're trying to make a movie about a awkward, strange, can't fit in in high school girl, <laughs> and you make it with a 21-year-old beautiful model, you fucked up in every way. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it wasn't really a very good movie in any way, so there's that. I don't recommend it. <laughs> that's been my uh, movie reviews. Jeff, okay. what did you do this week? Uh, I... As I hinted to just previously, bringing up famed television actor Robbie Amell uh, and his cousin Arrow, um, I I watched from season four, episode two of The Flash to season six, episode 11 of The Flash in the past week. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Are you okay? Every time you mentioned no. it, it was mentioning The Flash. <laughs> All you were talking about was The Flash. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I have a whole thread on Mastodon, and just partway through it changes from the, the like, click-through warning changes from Flash Season 4 to Flash Season 5 to <laughs> whatever the crossover was to... And I watched all of the crossovers as well. Mm-hmm. Season 4's was Crisis on Earth X, where uh, in probably a poor taste decision for 2017, uh, all the superheroes have to go fight Nazi versions of themselves played by the same actors. Oh, man. They just yeah. love that, don't they? God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, it it wasn't great. Uh, I did like um, uh, that guy from the British Being Human TV series as Ray the Light Man. Oh yeah, and uh, Captain Cold was gay with the Ray, and that was fun. Yeah, Um, because I think the guy, the guy who's not Aiden Turner. Yeah. Okay. Well, he is blonde. I don't know. He is, uh, I think he is actually gay. He was on that HBO series. Yeah, the guy who plays Captain Cold is gay in real life, too, right? Is he? Okay. I think so. Uh, they didn't really let him, like, ham it up very much in his initial run on the show, but in this he gets to, uh, he gets to, like, sort of chew the scenery a little more. He really does, doesn't he? He's like Mae West. (laughs) Like, that's his acting inspiration. (laughs) Oh, he yeah. is so much more flamboyant playing the alternate universe heroic gay version of Captain Cold, which is extremely a delight. Like, <laughs> that guy is easily, like, the best actor in that entire television universe. <laughs> yeah, it's very much a bummer that his run on Legends of Tomorrow ended when it did. Spoilers for that show. It was um, season one. That was, like, eight years ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, because, like, I feel like he was getting more and more interesting with every episode, Mm -hmm. um, and for him to then have died. And then when he came back on that crossover, I was like, oh, I like this. I like him doing this. Why didn't they let him do this on the original stuff? It was especially disappointing, because at the end, he's like, sorry, my husband, the Ray, I'm going to hang out on Earth-1 for a while. And then he doesn't show up again in The Flash. Yeah, I think that's some uh, that's alluding to something that happened on Legends of Tomorrow, Probably. maybe. But no one watched that show, so 
I watched it at uh, first, but man, it's a lot to Yeah, it in. stinks. Oh, it stinks on toast. <laughs> I like it, but it's a lot to focus on all the time. Yeah, it's a show that is definitely, like, you have to pay more attention to it than it deserves to understand why Gorilla Grodd needs to assassinate Barack Obama <laughs> while he's a freshman in college. Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or I watched, to discover I watched, that Rip Hunter inspired George Lucas to create Star Wars. I was gonna say, I watched up until the episode where you find out Rip Hunter directed Star Wars, and then I was like, actually, no, fuck this show. But, like, they swag for the fences from episode zero, like, that's fun. I mean, I will say, they they wrote it as if it was a radio drama from, like, the 20s. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, like they I, had like they had an infinite budget. <laughs> yeah. There was a there was an episode where they saved J.R.R. Tolkien during World War One, I, I think. Sure. Uh, and, and, like, and one of them mentions rings and he's like, hmm. Well, yes, that's a that's good right. idea. No, I'm I made that up. I didn't even see that episode. I'm pretty sure that's really what happens. Wonderful. Yeah, that, I love it. Every time they encounter a historical figure, they say something tangentially related to the thing that historical figure did, and they go, hmm, that's a good idea to save for later. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're gonna make a show about time travel, you have to do that shit, right? Like, that's the only thing that's worth it. I feel like time travel is so well-trod territory at this point that you have to camp it up as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Sure, why not? But also, um, it's incredibly boring when you do. I like that uh, they the scope of the comic, obviously, is we can do whatever we want, but I like that the show didn't really have that budget, so they'd be like, we're going to the 60s, here's part of a building, and all the action's <laughs> going to take place in this building. Yeah, but it, it evokes that feeling of, like, the of the old days of Doctor Who when they were like, okay, instead of just writing something and then figuring it out, we're going to write something around these four costumes we have. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's... I, I love that this is network television that is just like... There's no limit to your imagination, but also we do have to do it as cheaply as possible. Yes. Like, we won't tell you no to a, a CGI gorilla fighting a CGI man shark, but you do only have $20 to make that happen. <laughs> yes. Uh, I ran into this very uh, slightly in the Japanese show I was watching, because that was based on a, a manga, uh, Midnight Diner. And so the person who comes in, maybe like they're a professional boxer. So then you see their boxing match, but they have to shoot it in such a way that they can hide the fact that it's not like a boxing match in a really big ring with hundreds and thousands of people watching. You can hear people cheering, but whenever the camera pans around, none of the seats you can see are actually occupied. (laughs) There's just a black backdrop behind part of it, and you kind of see it from that angle. Oh, it's very good. It's it's that classic black box boxing. (laughs) Yeah. Black boxing. Come on. Mm, I didn't want to say it that way, Matt. (laughs) Oh, no! It's not that. (laughs) That's the tagline of it. Don't worry, it's not that. (laughs) It's not not what it sounds like. Uh, The next crossover was Elseworlds. This one did not involve Legends of Tomorrow, despite the fact that it was about alternate timelines. Uh, Something about the production schedules not lining up, Uh, but in this one, for some reason, the monitor gives a magic book to a crazy guy, and the crazy guy, the only thing he changes at first is that Barry Allen now looks like and thinks that he is Oliver Queen, and Oliver Queen looks like and thinks that he is Barry Allen. So it's not like- in the same fountain, on the same (laughs) thing, made the same wish- 
Not even. It's not. It's just like, here, change the world how you want. The only thing that's different is, for some reason, Grant Gustin is playing Oliver Queen and doesn't, like, everyone thinks he's Oliver Queen except him. Like, why not What's have it be like Barry Allen became, in this universe, Barry Allen became the Green Arrow and Oliver Queen became the Flash. Like, that would now, be fun. Now, I I appreciate this rant you're going on, Jeff, but I watched this not that long ago, and that's not entirely accurate. Because what the guy with the book is trying to make everyone happy, and uh, we find out previously that uh, the Flash, Barry Allen, wishes that he was more like the Arrow, and vice versa. And so that's why he swaps them, because they both were jealous of the other one. It's just so weird that that's the only thing that changes, and he didn't, like, swap their memories or anything. <laughs> that's pretty lazy, uh, genie work, it sounds like. Well, the he next just started, it's his first day. The next change right, he does is much better. Uh, he turns Barry and Oliver into a pair of themed criminals and makes himself Superman. Yes, <laughs> the part good. where he becomes Superman is very good, actually. And I like so, that actor they have that plays Superman in the, yeah. the Arrowverse. Taylor Hoechlin, I believe is Tyler Hoechlin, I think his name is. Um, he's, yeah, he's, you know, charming and handsome. Um, it was so weird, though, because, like, they mention, okay, every universe in the multiverse has a Krypton and, like, a copy of the same people, but, like, they don't mention why Earth-1 doesn't have Supergirl and Superman. Did they just die on Krypton, or did Krypton not explode, or, like, what happened? Yeah, maybe Krypton's doing fine, (laughs) and everyone's happy there, and they never come to Earth. (laughs) And, like, (laughs) no one ever, like... Kara and Kal-El never think like, oh, yeah, let's go to Earth-1 Krypton and, like, see our parents who died in our world and, like, have an emotional beat. No. No. They don't do that. Did you watch all the way up until the Infinite Crisis? Yeah, I watched Crisis on Infinite Earths, which was extremely fun as, like, a proof of concept, but also it was very weird that, like they could only get one actor from each of the, like, other things they were drawing in that were not the CW shows. Yeah. I do not know the character or actor who they got from the Tim Burton Batman movie, but I know for sure that it was supposed to be a character from the Tim Burton Batman movie because it was Earth-89, they played the Danny Elfman theme song, and he said a line directly to the camera, and I have no idea who it was. It's the guy who plays the reporter in the first Batman movie. (laughs) Sure. Uh, You remember this. He's like, he's flirting with, uh, what's the main girl in that one? Chase Meridian? No. Vicky Vale, I think. Vicky Vale. He's flirting with Vicky Vale, and they're at at Bruce Wayne's, like, party, uh, and then he's like, hey, It's weird how you always said it was Batman's party. Yeah. They're not the same guy. Those two people are completely different. Um, (laughs) Who's in the Batman this time? Yeah. Uh, no, and there he's looking around, and then he's like, "Hey, if you see Bruce Wayne, can you ask him to get me a grant?" And then Bruce Wayne is in the room, and he's like, "Oh yeah, Alfred, get a grant for this guy." You don't remember this? It's a great joke. I don't think I've seen this movie in a very long time. <clears throat> you should watch it again. It's, it's not bad. Movie. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, and then you would recognize that actor as that guy. One quick question. Jeff, did you see the episode, the Christmas episode of The Flash, where Supergirl and The Flash are cursed by Darren Chris as some type mm-hmm. of superpowers weirdo to have to sing? Because I love that one. I think that I had already seen that. I think that was in season three. Okay. Did you like it? Or two. Uh, I don't remember it. <laughs> Uh, I will say I didn't like it, even though even though I think that like it's a fun premise. They both wanted it too much. <laughs> well, they are musical theater people. I know that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean they had to. Um, yes. I think that Melissa Benoist is extremely charming, but Supergirl is a very boring TV show. Yes, I feel like one of those things is true, and the other one that she is charming is not true. <laughs> Maybe it's she just... always she always has a pout like she's just about to start crying in a way that just makes me be like then just cry I want no, you to I, cry. Like that. I want you to I feel like sad that I'm a superhero because, <laughs> ugh, God it's so annoying uh, it's I I kind of like that just like uh, I'm just always going to be a little bit frazzled while I'm doing superhero. <laughs> I know it's exactly that type of female character that Louisa specifically hates, Yeah, but I, I kind of like it when she's the superhero version. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, I feel like every single thing that's been like, oh, we want to make our beautiful girl more relatable, I know, let's have her be clumsy. Like, yeah, that's on, always God. the one. <laughs> Fucking stop it. Yeah. Oh, have the her be- Write her like a human being. Have you tried that? No? Okay. Speaking of, the absolute shining star of Crisis on Infinite Earths was the newly introduced Lois Lane. She was great. Uh, yes. She's played this by is- Elizabeth Tulloch, uh, sometimes credited as Bitsy Tulloch, and she is just such a delight. She was in the other Crisis as well. She was in both of those. The, like, Elseworlds one? Yeah. Oh, right. That's right. That's what introduced her. Um, I did like, I have not watched Supergirl, and maybe they explain it more in Supergirl, but god, I hope they don't, that in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, you just see her and Superman wearing, like, weird Greek togas sitting in, a in, like, a crystal palace, and she's like, well, now that I've given birth to our second child and we live here on Kandor, like, we can be space royalty or whatever, and then Superman's like, oh no, I've gotta go, and if... And if that's all we get of that story in the whole series, that would be absolutely incredible. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Um, the other second highlight is, I guess, mild spoiler warning if anyone cares about this. Lisa, um, hang up. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> no, it's Brand- Brandon Routh uh, reprises his role as Superman, but not the Superman Returns version. He plays a fun version instead, who's cool and nice. <laughs> sad, though. He's so sad. Yeah, he's a little sad, but he's dealing with it well. Not like yeah. the Superman Returns one, who was sad and dealt with it by stalking his ex-girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, um, yeah Crisis is over. They combined all the shows onto one Earth. Black oh, Lightning... Black Lightning showed up halfway through and was like, I don't know any of you. I don't know what's going on because I didn't even know there was a multiverse on my show that takes so, place on a different Earth. <laughs> when I talked about this on on the show a few months ago, uh, I expressed how embarrassed I was to see this like adult man of color wearing mm. this incredibly jokey Halloween costume <laughs> surrounded by white teens. Did you have that same feeling, Jeff? I thought that... Um, 
Oh, I didn't actually recognize this guy. I watched him in three seasons of Heart of Dixie, um, okay. which is quite good. Um, well, he was quite good, and I, I don't know if it's a, it's probably a bad show, right? Matt, I felt that way about the Martian Manhunter on Supergirl as well. Yes, that also. Although at least he became a CGI green monster whenever he was looking really <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Uh, I think that Chris Williams is like the tier of actor who belongs on this show, but he was definitely doing a much more grounded acting job than everyone else. Yes. So it was, there was a sharp contrast. Yes. Um, and I cannot stress enough how his costume looks like a Halloween costume that yes, somebody we put talked about it. 10 minutes. And I said I thought his goggles looked like the kind that the dentist wears. <laughs> They're like yes. special uh, spit-proof goggles. <laughs> yes. Uh, <sighs> the the actor I feel most bad for is um, Victor Garber, who plays the yeah. old man half of Firestorm, because that guy's like a real actor. <laughs> Yeah, well, hold on. He's not a real actor. He plays a real actor, much like Kelsey Grammer does, where he <laughs> pretends to be a fancy man. That is his acting skill. Yes. Right, but that is definitely a consequence of, like, having training in acting. Yes, but he's not actually a fancy man. He just seems like he is, much like Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer is a piece of shit in real life, so, like... <laughs> Don't uh, yeah, I, I don't I, know if this is Victor Garber a piece of shit. I'm gonna look it up. Hold I don't on. know, but I know he pretends to be fancy. Victor, uh, Garber he's gay and he keeps oh, his okay. personal life private. I don't well, mean fancy man in a derogatory way, meaning gay. I mean it. Oh yeah, gay. now now that we've discovered he's gay, we have to revise <laughs> everything we just said about him. I mean, like every character he plays would have like suede patches on his tweed jacket, that kind of thing. Yeah, oh, he's been that's playing the life, though, right? Oh my god, <laughs> this is what Matt aspires to. Yes, absolutely. Uh-huh. I want to be a fancy man. Yes, you need to learn how to speak more uh, pompously. Yeah, no, and you also have more to- pompously than this. <laughs> You have to invent the firestorm as well. <laughs> you knew this is the this is when that sibling bond really comes into play. You lobbed it up for me. You knew what was going to happen. Oh, good <sighs> um, so that was my experience watching two and a half seasons of The Flash in four days. Do you recommend yeah. it to others to do it that way? Um, if you're feeling as sad as I've been in this past week, I absolutely do, because I'm also on exactly the right combination of medicine that I paid attention to, like, every episode. That's great. Uh, Matt, what did you do this week? Uh, I played Microsoft Flight Simulator, and it was pretty good. Let's get into this wiki. <laughs> oh, man, no, I want to hear about It's so the- late, we've been doing this for so long already, and I, it's it's a weeknight, and I want to go... <laughs> okay, alright, fine. I, I mean, did- you can add, we can talk about Microsoft Flight Simulator a little bit. Uh, my computer makes sounds, my newly built computer that I've only had for a few months, <laughs> and has, like, top-of-the-line hardware, makes sounds I've never heard it make when I'm running this. <laughs> this game. Damn, I don't know if I'll be able to run it, uh, but I... Oh, I know, you won't. Yeah. Uh, I have it through through Xbox Game Pass for PC because it's a Microsoft game. Yes, that's how I am playing it also. Also, it took uh, 11 hours to install. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> like, that is not an exaggeration. I literally timed it 11 hours. I think the listener probably expected, like I did when I first heard Matt saying I played Flight Simulator, oh, there must be a uh, virtual reality flight simulator that's why matt would be playing it (laughs) uh they did say they're going to release virtual reality support for this game by the end of the year so Um, this game went a little viral online because it has an 
a like AI assisted created recreation of the entire Earth yeah. and all of the buildings That's on the Earth. Said, yeah, yeah, it's got you. When you boot it up, you have the option to uh, apply like real time satellite imagery, and then it maps the most recent satellite images onto the world. What if you're uh, flying around and you flying. see a murder happening, though? Mm. Ooh, you have to report it, or you go to jail like Seinfeld. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's the only yeah. thing I remember about the TV show Seinfeld. <laughs> well, that's more than you need to. Um, yeah, no, it, it's fun. I told Louisa that the it's like I've played a lot of I played Half Life Alex this year. I played through Resident Evil Seven a little bit and stuff like that. I played a lot of horror games this year. The scariest game I've played this year is Microsoft Flight Simulator because <laughs> even doing the tutorial, they plop you in this perfectly recreated cockpit and then they're like use the yoke to steer and then the yoke lies up lights up and you're like okay cool i got this and you start playing and then they're like okay make sure you're flying at exactly 15 knots and make sure that your altimeter is level otherwise you will die doesn't show you which of the 40 dials tells you any of those things and then you die uh, now, does this have some sort of synchronous online multiplayer? Because I saw a bunch of screenshots of like, oh, I'm going to go see what Jeffrey Epstein's island is looks like, and then they show up and there's 50 other planes there already. Uh, not huh. as far as I know, but maybe. Maybe you can like have a server open or something. <laughs> can oh you attack God. Can other you imagine players? how much computing power you would need for that? <laughs> can you ram you- other planes with your plane? <laughs> I guess is my question. I mean... It, it is a very physics-accurate re- recreation of flying, so I'm guessing you you could physically do that, but okay. you would, like, you, whenever you your virtual body takes enough trauma, you black out and can't see anything, which I imagine would happen instantly if you rammed another plane. Yeah, probably. Bad news for any Guy Foxes out there, Buckingham Palace is not in this game for some reason, even though the Pentagon is... Mm, makes sense. Well, everyone knows that if you recreate Buckingham Palace in any sort of imagery, uh, then you steal part of its soul. Mm. And therefore part of the Queen's soul, because she represents the spirit of England? Mm, I know what you're thinking, and yes, it's true that they did build her life support system into the building, so <laughs> she is technically the building. Oh my technically, God, the she's... building is like the fruiting body of a mushroom, and the spore that walks around inside of it is the Queen. Exactly, and if if uh, England is ever too threatened, the palace will turn into a giant uh, kaiju fighting robot. Yes. So, so now you've Wait, reimagined. Is this, the, is this just the plot of Final Fantasy IX? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking it was the plot of Starcraft, and you've made the UK the Zerg. <laughs> I mean, that's extremely accurate, actually. <laughs> Yeah, the sun never sets on the Zerg Empire. (laughs) (laughs) The Zerg is the only one ruled by a queen. Okay, let's get into this. Exactly. Uh, We've never... uh, I've I've gotten another incomprehensible wiki. It is... uh, It, on the randomizer, was just called Fighting Fantasy, and it is fightingfantasy.fandom.com. The title says, Welcome to the Titanica Fighting Fantasy Wiki. Mm Mm-hmm. So, having a fighting fantasy wiki, we're going to get into what it actually is. 
There are, I can think of three much better things that this could be and isn't, and it makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course, skimming the title when it first popped up in our chat, of course I thought it was Final Fantasy, and it is not. Mm. We've done Final Fantasy like eight times. <laughs> uh, there's um, more than eight Final Fantasies, though, so got you there. I would like to list the ways in which this wiki could be called the Fighting Fantasy Wiki and be better than this. Okay. Number one, uh, obviously... A wiki wherein people fantasize about fighting, like, in a mixed martial arts tournament. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, like fan fiction? Yeah, just like, here's what I would do if I had to fight Ronda Rousey or whatever. <laughs> I think you'll find oh, no, that's most on. people on most social media. I know, and if, there was, if there was one wiki of all of it, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, rip to your grandma, but I'm different, the wiki. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Number two, uh, a... A wiki where people suppose what would happen if different fantasy characters fought one another. Like, what if Gollum fought against um, uh, the guy from Dune, the Kwisatz Heterach? <laughs> They're both so small and clammy, though. <laughs> you couldn't pull Paul Atreides? Paul Atreides, that's the one. <laughs> Why do you uh, pick such greasy pale? <laughs> yeah, you pick the two greasiest people from <laughs> sci-fi fantasy. No, Paul's son is the one that's a giant worm. Paul is fine. He's just a normal man. Mm, he's played by Timothy Chalamet in the new movie. He's definitely a greasy, <laughs> pale but creature. But he was played by Kyle um, McLaughlin in the old yeah, one. Yeah, but, but he was man. young and uh, small and frail and uh, slimy. <laughs> More slimy than currently. Yeah, he was covered in that slime from having just been burst. I would say if you had to pick an actor who has played the character Normal Man the most in his (laughs) life, it might be Kyle MacLachlan. He played the only character in uh, on Agents of Shield who needed special effects makeup, and they made him very slimy on that show. (laughs) Yeah, they had to slime him up because otherwise he's just a normal man. Anyway, that's good. Do you have any more in your list here? Uh, number three would be uh, what, like a doomsday prepper style thing of like how to survive in a fantasy world. An anthem fantasy? Yeah, like if you had to fight fantasy, how would you do it? Hmm, how would you do it? Uh, I guess I would probably start by uh, having a gun. <laughs> I I would simply roll 20 every time I had to do an action I might fail at. Oh, that's very good. It's a good strategy. And Louisa, your joke? (laughs) Um, I would have the building I live in turn into a giant kaiju, and I'm like a Mm. fungus inside of it, you see. Mm -hmm. I did not steal this idea. This is an original idea of mine. Okay. TM, TM. (laughs) Matt, thank you for ensuring we had joke parody during that. Yes. A little bit. Uh, so this wiki, I'm seeing a plain beige background. Same. Uh, there's a green header, it just says Titanica. There's a Titanica wiki emblem, which says Titanica wiki around a circle. It's all green. Uh, in the middle, there's a dagger, and there's two Fs, and there's a little scroll under the dagger, and I cannot read it. It's too low res. Um, about the Titanica. Welcome to the Titanica wiki. Titanica was founded with the aim of becoming the most definitive, comprehensive, and accessible repository of information relating to the Fighting Fantasy series of game books and the worlds in which the series is set. Uh, Collaborative uh, started in 2007. They have 8,302 articles. 
So this is a tabletop game. Uh, I have discovered what it is. Would you like to know? I would like to very briefly point out, first of all, Louisa, you will feel this way as well. I cannot be reading this without thinking about the Titanica uh, heavy metal band from Mr. <laughs> Show. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, right, and I was thinking about Starship Titanic, the Douglas Adams point-and-click adventure game from the 90s. Both great references. Yeah, we got two, two dynamite references. Uh, this appears to be a series of slightly more complicated choose your own adventure style books that are like D&D themed. Mm-hmm. Huh. That okay. sounds so boring. <laughs> I mean, it was the 80s. Uh, okay. it, you might have heard of the series Sorcery, which I believe was Sorcery with an exclamation point, which I believe was adapted into computer games. In yeah, the there's 80s. a phone app. There's like four or five phone apps that right. you can play through. This is from that. Uh, and they were written by a British guy named Steve Jackson, who's different than the guy who invented Munchkin. Uh. But the guy who invented Munchkin also wrote some of these books. <laughs> That's not okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, so there's two Steve Jacksons involved in this fighting fantasy franchise. You think they got one of them to do it just being like, look, it's already on your resume here. Just work on this page. In these pages, we've slipped them onto your desk. I feel like it is entirely likely that Steve Jackson American version saw something called Steve Jackson's Sorcery and was like, Oh, I should write for them. <laughs> oh, this, this, I hope this doesn't change the course of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this doesn't awaken something in me. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, can I post just a picture without context in our chat? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know that I can, actually. I don't um, think that Google... Looking at a cursory Google glance at this page shows me that recent news is the most recent one is from the 7th of May, 2010. So I'm thinking <laughs> nothing's been put on here for 10 years. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, the other important thing about Steve Jackson is that he co-founded Games Workshop, the people who make Warhammer. Uh-huh. Ah, yes. Um, okay, I put a link in our chat. Please don't read the text of the link. Just click on it and look at this picture and try to tell me what this is a diagram of. Okay, oh, I haven't looked at the URL. I'm getting the redirect notice. <laughs> okay. Just clicking it. Um, okay. First of all, it's a beige circle and it says A-R-N in the back, and I don't think anywhere tells you what that stands for. Arn. No, it oh, it's the name of a place. Is it? Is it? I, that's my guess. Okay, so this I believe is a screenshot from the most recent Jordan Peterson self-help book. <laughs> yes, and well, this is what he thinks. Don't see lobsters. Yeah, no, this this is an illustration of society according to his meat adult brain. A R N. Is this apparently Arn is the name of the world in these these books? Okay. Yeah, that's what I was going to guess because Arn is definitely like a fantasy Earth type of name. It is. Well, right. what I love about this diagram is that there's so many names of things, but they are the lowest effort names of things I've ever seen, where one of them is just the word the, with lines coming out of it. Yes. So the. Uh, think of a full name later, it should say in parentheses afterwards. So if ours the world, everything on this little chart is encompassed within the world, but it's just gods of different types and possibly planets, maybe? Is this the um, 
an illustration of like the the planar cosmic structure of of this fantasy world similar You're very close similar to what you'd find in the back of D&D where it lists like the plane of fire is this circle over here this is apparently a diagram of the uh like family structure of the primal deities of this world okay. oh boy that, i wasn't even close <laughs> What I like is, in the very center, we're seeing gods of earth and mind, and then there's things all over. But coming above from that is Elim, possibly a person. Uh, above that person is High Dark Lords, which is a group. But off to the side is the yes. finger of Elim. This is why I wanted to share this picture <laughs> with you guys. The finger of Elim. I don't know what that is, but I need to join it that group immediately. It just shows a little black bar with, like, uh, 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 after effects put on it. <laughs> it looks like it's shiny, I guess. Yeah. Something I love very deeply here is that there is another extremely poorly drawn dotted line going off of Elim and curving halfway around the circle to point to the word kata, instead of just putting it in all of the empty space around Elim. Yes, yes, because kata fact- doesn't connect to anything else. Yeah, right. I guess <laughs> kata's just there anyway. It doesn't need to be in any specific spot on this circle. Maybe it does. Maybe there's some aspect of the of this that we don't understand because we're not turbo nerds from 1987. Now, yeah. if this was a chart that worked, that word kata would be connected to another word to show that there was a connection. Maybe yeah. just that general area is where all the the is. <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone knows that kata needs to hang out around Logan because... Uh, they're in love. That, is defi- that is definitely pronounced Logan. Logan, because sure. he's the best he is at what he does. <laughs> <laughs> what he does ain't pretty. Yep. Dumb. Uh, I like that everything is a circle except the word Time is under a rainbow-colored splat. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that that is yeah, time's, I mean. time's a mess. <laughs> yes. Uh, I clicked through to Elam to try to find out more about my new religion, Finger of Elam. Yes. Uh, and I do want to point out that Elam is apparently the High Lord of Evil and Chaos. Holy crap. So, like, maybe that I ass. shouldn't be pledging my soul to him, but I do love... I just love the idea of joining the finger of Elam. Absolutely, yeah. live and die for Elam. Yeah. yeah, maybe I will. This could be the wow, cause this, we've all been waiting for. This drawing of him extremely sucks. It was scanned very poorly from yes. a very bad illustration from, I'm like, assuming, 1974. Yeah, what resolution do you want? Uh, seven. <laughs> I want yeah. seven pixels that show me the essence of this god of chaos. Yeah, it has a real CW budget to the graphic. <laughs> Oh, it's uh, all very good. Something I think yeah. is very charming is, I didn't read it, but at the bottom of the About section, there's a little error where it's someone trying to use code to create a new article, uh, create mm. box, but it's just got the the code there in the box <laughs> instead of being a new box. It's charming. They didn't quite saying? know what they're doing. <laughs> I, I want to go with you on this, Louisa, but I do not understand what <laughs> Do you what see what talking I'm talking about? about? About what page are you on? The main page. Oh, the, okay. Sorry, about I was still I was deep in my cult of Elam. <laughs> I couldn't click on anything in that chart, so I don't know where you guys are finding other stuff. So I wasn't even. Uh, I just deal with I that. searched the wiki. Yeah, but you see, it anyway. says create box width twenty four break no button label create new article slash create box. That's very charming. No, I still don't. <laughs> Maybe this is just something that happens on yours. Did you accidentally click on something? I did not. Are you editing this wiki right now? This is not a link or anything. Are you looking in the box that says about the Titanica? 
Oh, yes. Okay, sorry. I thought you meant at the bottom of the whole page. Now I see it, yes. Anyway, I was trying to say that this is just charmingly homemade for a second, but yes. it really went off the rails there. Is it possible that this wiki was created in 1986 when these <laughs> books came out and it hasn't yeah. been edited since? Yeah, it was all written down in a notebook and then someone transcribed it <laughs> onto the wiki once those were invented. Yeah. yeah, this was all coded by hand through, uh, like, BBNet or whatever. <laughs> Usenet wow. forums. Five edits today. What? Why? I don't know. I the Men of the Northern Mountains, Amarkisk, Mampang Forest, Belthagor, <laughs> and the Phantoms of Fear were Belthagor all edited a, today. That's a good fantasy word, Belthagor. I like that. Yeah, that Belthagor is, is great. I want to change the name of the wizard that we send these uh, these podcasts to, to Belthagor. Okay, you better write it down. You won't remember. I won't remember either way. <laughs> so this seems very standard. The pictures look like total D&D pictures. The major races are humans, elves, dwarves, giants, orcs, and goblins. Like... It's yeah. all just very standard, huh? I would like yeah. to point out that an article edited on August 29th is called Lake Erie, but spelled the other way. Yes! Obviously, obviously you can Nickelodeon kids show from 94. <laughs> I love the idea of what if, like, what if we write a fantasy world like Tolkien or Gary Gygax, but we have less shame than them? <laughs> I mean, isn't that what the whole Xanth series was? No, Xanth is what if Lord of the Rings was horny, right? I don't think it's no, that horny. No, I think horny. that's right. That's what Xanth is. Less self No, less self-awareness? Is that what you said? Less no. shame. Yeah, less less like, shame. Okay. Less being afraid of doing the dumbest idea immediately. Like, as soon as you're like, okay, I need to brainstorm what this thing is. Oh, I know, it'll be zombies. And then you just write it down and you never think about it again. So thinking about it less, that's that end of the spectrum, Zeth. Thinking about it way more, that's Discworld. So we've got the full spectrum, right? Yes. <laughs> this is in the middle. It seems extremely um, average, everything about it. I'm surprised people are, like, super into it. These books are available on Amazon if you would like to buy The Citadel of Chaos by Steve Jackson, for example. Uh, who doesn't have a homework assignment right now? I'm so close to being done the first episode of Cleopatra 2020. <laughs> <laughs> the first episode! <laughs> we need to write you a doesn't, theme song for that. <laughs> yes. Doesn't uh, it have Gina Torres on it? That show should be at least somewhat entertaining, right? She's definitely the best part of it, for sure, but it's still so boring. <laughs> um, That's a shame. Uh, Louisa, I think you're the person with the least homework right now. You need to read all of these books. I won't. If someone can find me a way to read one of them for free, I will do that. Are they what available? If I mail you one. Are no. they available on Amazon Kindle or whatever? The like Kindle Prime or whatever it is. Are they on uh, Google Books not. because they came out so long ago that they're now in the public domain? <laughs> Computers were not yet invented when these books were first released. Oh man, some of them are cheaper than others, which I think uh, means that every single copy is just used. We're talking about the um, novels, right? That's what I've clicked yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. There is also a role-playing game, I guess, based on this world. The Troll Tooth Wars. Ooh, it's got a skeleton on the cover. I would read this. <laughs> Why is there not an electronic... This is shocking to me that there is not an electronic version of these books. Well, they're garbage, and they came out at the end of the 80s, so... <laughs> but everything should be digitized by now. These, this could be lost history. 
This could yes. be. Where, is this in the? Oh, this is where we should be looking in the Library of Congress. <laughs> Library what? like of not archive.org, where actually it probably is. Fantasy fighting fantasy is that what it's called? Yeah, fantasy. Okay, if it's in the Library of Congress, I think that means that you're legally you can file a Freedom of Information Act claim against yeah, it, Louisa. To find out if it's ever been part of a murder investigation. Yeah. Then they have to fax me every page of this novel. Yep. <laughs> then the CIA Twitter account will put your home address up. Yep. Uh, there is... Mm-hmm. Hmm, this is hard to... Un- the, the Library of Congress page is harder to navigate than I thought. Um, yeah, I found it. It's on. They have them on archive.org. Scorpion Swamp. <laughs> 60, 62 PDFs. Um, Louisa, you can for free do this. I'm going to put I'll a link. Give it in a the try. Chat. Hold on. Oh, this is the Trolltooth Wars. No. The Warlock of Firetop Mountain is the first one. Oh man, House of Hell is the splash page on this thing you sent me, Jeff, and it's so cool. Oh wow, yeah, I didn't even. I scrolled past that in my excitement, but that artwork is. Wait, I love it. How many books are there? Because I thought there were just three. And the first one is the Trolltooth Wars. Uh, 62. 62. How is uh, some, some of them are very recent. Uh, Howl of the Werewolf came out in 2007, along with Curse of the Mummy. Uh, Only a year after 2006's Bloodbones, all one word. Alright, I just clicked download on this zip file of okay, all good. 62 Same. novels. Well, that's I also bad. Doing that. <laughs> I'll read the first one. No other promises. <laughs> okay. I just want to know how gamey these things are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really want to know, Adventure Game Books is what it says on the front page here. Is it... Oh, I mean, like, I liked doing choose-your-own-adventure books when I was a kid. So I have limited experience with this in that I played the choose-your-own-adventure card game, uh, which was very... Like, they bill it as a card game, it is just the book put on cards, it kind of sucks. Mm. And... um a comic book writer I really like created a this style RPG game book version, uh, like in a Deadpool comic. Um, and I, I read through and played that and that was, you know, a pretty interesting way to tell a story. I cannot imagine tolerating it without pictures. Hmm. Yeah. And the irreverent humor, humor of Deadpool, of course. <laughs> Is Boy, there a that Deadpool guy, he... an adventure novel? <laughs> Yeah, the one I just described. <laughs> Deadpool novelization. Oh, you want one that's prose. <laughs> Jesus. <Yes. laughs> oh my Should god, there is, a Deadpool, or... there is a Deadpool novel. Of course there is, why not? Is it is it uh, that Clint Eastwood movie, The Deadpool? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's called Deadpool Paws, a novel of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> Paws, like he has paws? Did he get turned into a dog or a cat, maybe? Uh, I mean, it is spelled that way, but I don't know the plot, so who knows? Mm. He probably goes to a furry convention, that rascal. No, he always loves to mix it up. Anyway, I got a random page. Seriously. Yeah. And my random page is giant what? Giant weasel, parentheses, macrocosmos. Ooh. I almost say giant wessel. Yes. No. Um, and... This page, uh, mm-hmm. the information on this page is none. <laughs> like, origins and distribution, blank. Description, blank. Special abilities, blank. 
other media, blank, further notes, blank, further information in canon, uh, and then there's a link to Spectral Stalkers, which I guess is the book it's from, mm-hmm. and that is literally it. It is a mammal slash mustelid type of creature. Yes. I mean, listen, it's a giant weasel. Like, yeah. the one piece of information we have about this thing, it's a giant <laughs> <Yes>. weasel. <laughs> it's good. That's all we got. All right. I love that for the, like, the par- the parenthetical macrocosmos. I love that. That's a really good fantasy word. Is there a way in these books that you can enter some kind of giant realm where everything is bigger? Is that what this is? Oh, yeah. Like, um, like when you, like, grow too much in a superhero comic and you go into the Oververse or whatever. <laughs> What? Yeah, I mean, like, Alice in Wonderland is probably the bigger touchstone here, Jeff, but I can see <laughs> no, no. where his brain is at. Like, Ant-Man shrinks enough that he goes into the small universe where there's, like, small people and small uh-huh. planets and stuff. Again, something they- that very famously happens in Alice in Wonderland, but go uh, on. Right. But they have the opposite of that, where he gets so big that he's in a different universe where mm-hmm. our universe is the small universe. Like Gulliver's which does, Travels. Which does happen in Alice in Wonderland and No, Gulliver's no, you're travels, thinking... Yeah. You're both thinking too small, not just like he's bigger than an island of people. He's bigger than the universe. Uh huh. Never mind. Oxygen, right? And die. Yeah, happen. you'd probably you'd get crushed by the rush of the air as you grew fast enough to not kill everyone on Earth, but also keep growing. <laughs> Whatever. I also got a random page. <laughs> yes. Metallics. Uh, oh. That is spelled. Wasn't that a Lego add-on in the eighties? <laughs> yeah. Uh, M-E-T-A-L-L-I-X. The Metallics is a small, lean creature around a meter in height. Not what I would have guessed. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It sounds like a Superman um, villain, and I know Metallo is a Superman villain. Don't, don't at me. Yeah, it definitely, uh, <laughs> has a name for something way cooler than it is. Yes. Uh, it has a wide-eyed, innocuous appearance. Both its features and its dimin- diminutive stature contribute to the deceptive impression that it is harmless. In fact, the creature can be a vicious killer, and its inoffensive look may be simply a ruse to lure... P- this is the rabbit from Monty Python. Yeah. I do like that it can be a vicious killer. Not that it <laughs> yeah. is a vicious killer. It has free will. <sighs> I guess what I'm saying is that this thing has a soul. <laughs> oh, it also can't be harmed by metal weapons. That's pretty good. Mm. I mean, that makes sense if it's made of metal. So you stake it like a vampire, I guess. I don't think it is made of metal. Mm. Oh, I guess I just put that sentence into this description because its name is fucking Metallics. (laughs) But yeah, you're right. It doesn't say anywhere that it's made of metal. Yeah, I think it's just called Metallics. Like, maybe it's made of metal, but I think it's mainly called that because you can't hurt it with metal. You can't, fighting fantasy. You can't do that. That's not how language works. It, it's a clue for you, hidden in its name. <laughs> you see? Like Rumpelstiltskin. <laughs> it really, here's, here's, it really, it really licks metal, as in to beat thoroughly uh-huh. in a fight. Okay, good. We got yep. it. We did yeah. it. Also, so. it likes to lick pennies because it tastes weird. <laughs> Uh, are we done with metallics? Yeah, I don't have anything else to say about metallics. What are we doing? Okay. Uh, That, I guess. I've given you a random page, which is Uh Chill Shadow, which is in the category Night Dragon Entries, Article Stubs, Mm -hmm. Undead, and Bestiaries. So from Mm -hmm. that, we can determine maybe that it is a undead dragon of some kind, Chill Shadow, because we will have no other information. 
Yep. And chill shadow is all one word, I feel like I should point out, because that makes it way cooler. Yes. Yes. Oh, type oh. undead. It is indeed undead, whatever it is. There yep. is literally no other information at the end. I'm Googling the word chill shadow in quotes. <laughs> what uh, it seems to a- be the name of a Pokemon uh, player. Okay. Mm, a famous Pokemon player, so... Yep. What if instead of Chill Shadow, like, he has ice powers, he's just, like, really relaxed all the time? And maybe smokes a lot of weed? Yes. Yeah, this is just a dragon who hangs out in a dark room smoking weed all day. He's a weed dragon. (laughs) This is the coolest dragon ever, you guys. I need to tap Oh, shit! Puff the Magic Dragon was a weed dragon. Oh, shit! Puff the Magic Dragon changed his name to Chill Shadow when he got hardcore. (laughs) Now he just drinks a lot of Mountain Dew Code Red. Chill Shadow is Puff the Magic Dragon's name on his Usenet for gamer tags. <laughs> oh god, I love it. Stupid. All I'm right, done. guys, I'm done with this. This, this episode is over now. Okay. Uh, so, everyone, thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, please rate and review us on iTunes, and tell your friends about it so that they can listen too. Uh, some of the jokes are good. <laughs> You sound very sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, there I are know. some. If you want to review us, jokes. If you want to review the, us on iTunes and use the phrase "some of the jokes are good," I think that that would be funny for you to do. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah. If you want to get in touch with us, we are on uh, Twitter at Hack the Net Pod. And uh, if you want to join our Discord so you can talk to us directly, you can do that by talking to us on social media, and we'll send you a link. You can find me on social media at Matt Heron at Mastodon.social. Nope, Mastodon.online. Fuck, I fucked it up. At okay. Matt Heron at Mastodon.online. Jeff, edit that. If you that. type... Jeff, yeah, edit that. No, so I won't. Absolutely not going to. Jeff, edit this whole uh, episode so I sound smart. <laughs> yeah, I did it. Uh, that's what the people just heard. The other yeah. day when Matt had that false start and said, oh, damn it, Jeff, you're going to leave this in the show, right? And when I was listening to that, it was so funny all over again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It was the best thing we ever did. Oh, very good. Um, I go to a URL, dot social slash at Jeff JK or Instagram and Snapchat Jeff JK, both of those two. And uh, those are my things. All right. You can find me and talk to me at Louisa at Mastodon.xyz. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the show. Please come back next time. In the meantime, uh, I uh, keep your pockets on track. <laughs> Here's another one for you, Belphegor. Thank you. Do your job. Matt, didn't, you didn't do his job. I didn't do my job. <laughs> I remembered that I did need to say a different name, but I didn't remember what the I name was. I could tell. Yeah, I I did write it down. I put it in my in my notes. <laughs> like I typed out the phrase, here's another one for you, Belphegor, so that I would remember to say it. There you go. <sighs> Uh, it seems to me that Fighting Fantasy is the second, like, most popular game book besides Choose Your Own Adventure. That's Makes crazy. Sense. Yeah. 
It's not a it's not a, a very active uh like market space. Yeah. Is someone gonna link me so I can read this? Because I will read one. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm I've got the seven zip downloaded. I oh, need okay. to like expand it and do all the shit to it. Okay. Books. Oh, Scholastic now publishes fighting fantasy. That seems yeah. The, not la- very the last book educational the, of them. The most recent book came out in two thousand and seven, which is way more recent than I thought. It was going to be. Hmm. Um, in October 2020, three titles okay. will be published, including one by Rihanna Pratchett, entitled The Crystal of Storms, the first one by a female author in the series. Oh. The first one oh. by a female author? Goddamn. 